0: Praise God. Get our Bible. Let's get our Bibles. We're going to go right. Remember, we started a new series, and that new series is called The New is Better Than the Old. So we we want to shout that out. The new is better than the old. Amen. So whatever it is in God's word, you're only going to have new things and old things. But guess what? The new things are better than the old things. All right, and that's what we're talking about. We want to get you to see uh, what's going on in churches and why churches are still doing a lot of old things. And the Bible says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things, not some things, all things are new. But have we accepted it in the church? You know, we, 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 we say what the Word don't say. Let's say what the Word say. All right, that's the, that's the thing. All right, right now we're going to get into God's Word. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. I'm sorry, chapter 4 is our reading. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15 through verse 18 is our reading. And then we're going to give you our series. Then we're going to go give you our subject for the day. Oh, we're going to have a good time in the Word Second Corinthians four fifteen. all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. Why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary or uh, natural. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And if they're eternal, they are spiritual or uh, heavenly. All right, we're going we're gonna to get right into God's word. We're going to pray, and we're talking about the new things is better than the old, old things. Amen. Father, we thank you now for your word, your Holy Spirit, your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your anointing. We give you praise for just being God our Father. Thank you for being our Lord, and thank you for being our Christ. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, and helping everyone to understand God's word. And, Father, as I give them your knowledge of your word, I pray that for them for understanding. In the, name of our Je- in the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. And all the agree with that prayer, I said, amen. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. All right, now, let's go right into chapter three because that's gonna be our subject. Now, we're already in volume one. We're already in part three today. And let's go to it right now. In 2 Corinthians chapter three. So you're right there in 2 Corinthians chapter four back up to second Corinthians, chapter number three and we want to read at least the first uh seven eight nine verses something like that because that's what we're going to talk about today now watch the apostle paul Apostle paul uh my my head in my bible say a new ministry because that's exactly what god gave paul a new ministry and that's why we preach the gospel of christ because it's a new ministry. It's a new ministry for the New Testament ministers. All right, That's what you want to hear. So in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter three verse one, the Bible says, "Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or do we need as some of the epistles or commendations or, or letters or commendation from you?" Paul says, "You are our epistle written in our hearts." known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistles of Christ. No, yes, you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ. Watch this, ministered by us. Now that word minister is a very powerful word because we're going to break it down today. Ministered by us, not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not in tables of stone, excuse me, but in the tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God, but not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And verse number six, who also has made us, here it is, able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Time for the Word, all right? Now, what I want to do this morning, I want to I be able to share the Word with you this morning, uh, but I want to make sure that you, uh, you understand it. That's our prayer. Father, we thank you for the spirit of understanding because that's my responsibility is just to give you the knowledge of the Word. I give you the knowledge of the Word, and the Holy Ghost will give you understanding of the Word. I I repeat this. This is one of the things that I see a lot. My job is to give you the knowledge of the Word. But if you don't receive the knowledge of the Word, then you don't get the understanding of the Word. God wants you to understand the Word. But you can't understand the Word until you receive the knowledge of the Word. Stay with me today. We got a lot of word. All right, so my, my subject out of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 uh, in verse number 6, I read it down 1 through 6 or uh, 7, anywhere, all of that is, uh, my subject going to be the supply of the Spirit is better than the law. I want you to say that with me. The supply of the Spirit is better than the law. Now, this word supply of the Spirit has many definitions, and so that's why I talked about the word earlier when I talked about the word ministry. And a lot of people don't understand what it means to say they're going to minister the word. You know, know, I I heard a person tell me once, they said, Pastor Crump, uh, I can hoop. And I said, well, good, you know. uh, But people think, because they can hoop or uh, they can hold a tune, They think that's the ministry of the word. Now let, let's, let's deal with that today. Because my shepherd today is the supply of the Spirit is better than the law. Uh, and I, I don't have enough room for the law, so I just put down that law. So the supply of the Spirit is better than the law. The supply of the Spirit. Now, that word supply, you have to get to the word. It's 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 one of the latter words of the word ministration. So let's let's break it down. So you want to write down the word ministration. Now, this word ministration is a word that comes from administration. So to, to minister is to administer. Where we get our word, ministry. All right? So if I'm going to minister to you, like Minister Hayes, uh, uh, Cassandra, Renee just came up, and minister to you in Psalm. Why does she minister to you in Psalm? What does she do? She sang and she ministered to us, that God reminds us that he is the I am. Let him be who he is in your life. All right? But let's put some words down. So if I put down this word, my subject, which is the supply of the Spirit, is better than law, then what did I get the word supply from? Because this word ministration comes from the word administration, which come from the word dispensation. So I could have used the dispensation of the Spirit. I changed the word Spirit from the word grace because the word grace and Spirit is interchangeable. So I could have said the dispensation of grace. But the dispensation of grace is the dispensation of the Spirit. Let me put it this way. The thing that God dealt with in the Old Testament, they came to the cross. And when they came to the cross, they were all natural things. But what did He do? He turned the natural things into spiritual things, which is Himself. See, He is the fulfillment of all those things that was over there. That's why I always tell you about the bread on the table, the Passover the foot washing, the baptism, all that, all these were things over here. See, all these were things that God used with Israel. He used Passover. He used the seven feasts, the seven feast days, and they had a different thing on every feast. And then he had uh, a lot of things, the tabernacle. He had the Leviticus priesthood, all the priests, everything they had over here. One man fulfilled it all. Now it's no more of those things over there. It's one man. So now we have to learn about this one man because this one man, you have to be able to see a lot of things like his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding. See? Now you have to be, have to be able to see his kingdom. And his kingdom is righteousness, his peace, his joy. So all those things over there was one of these things. So for example, if they did foot washing and uh, keeping of the law, what was it? It was righteousness. Well, we have God's righteousness on this side, which is Christ. See, he is the fulfillment of all things. All right, now, my responsibility as a pastor is to minister to you or administer to you. See? The dispensation means ministration, administration, or ministry, where we get the word supply. All right? So if something is the administration, it means supply. That's why we have Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19, if you want to put it on the board for me, it says, but my God shall supply. That's where you get that word from. See that that's a word, that's the same word as ministry. See? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 said, But my God shall supply all of your needs. Watch how He's gonna do it. According to His riches in glory, watch this by Christ Jesus. By Christ Jesus, what do they mean? As you minister, preach, administer Christ Jesus. You administer the spirit to me. That's how, I, my, that's how God supply my needs. Let me say that again to the church. How do God supply our need By the man of God ministering, supplying the spirit to you. See, God's word now is spirit. So my responsibility is to minister the Spirit to you. All right, so that's how I got the words of supply of the Spirit is better than law. Now, this dispensation of grace is better than law. I can see it that way. Or the ministration of the Spirit is better than law. Or the ministry of the Spirit is better than law. See, all those words, the supply of the Spirit, all that's better than law. Because the, the law does not supply anything The law does one thing, and that's demand. So when you go through all of the things that the law has, it only told you what to do. It demands you to do. Commands. That's law. But under grace, he doesn't demand. Grace applies. See? So when God says to me, Pastor Crump, I want you to do this work at this ministry here, how do I know God's going to take care of it? Because that's what grace does. Supplies. See? So you have to understand did God tell you to do what you're doing? And if He did, why doesn't He supply? See, that's, that's, what, that's what Paul talking about here in uh, 2 Corinthians. We go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and let's go to verse number... Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to start this off with verse number uh, 5. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 3, 5, because there's a verse there that says... First he said in verse 4, such trust we have through Christ to God what our trust in God... Uh, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. So we are not sufficient of ourselves to do this work in the new covenant because our sufficiency is of God. That's what you got to understand. Our sufficiency is of God. Now, we're going to take that and then we're going to walk into this with verse number six. Now, verse number six says, who also has made us, watch this, Able ministers, see the word minister, ministry, dispensation, providers, suppliers. See that's what we are. If we are truly men and women of God, we're supposed to be supplying the people need. See God opened up this door for me to minister His word. So the people still can be supplied. And I think that's one of the greatest things that people do ought to understand. That's why the Bible says, I am what I am, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. I am what I am by the grace of God. Because everything you get in the new covenant is supplied by the Spirit. So you go to a ministry, you want that ministry to minister to you, teach you the Word, Because that's how you get your needs met, spiritually and physically. And that's how we get our needs met, by ministering the word to you. All right, now watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 6 once again. Who also made us able ministers of the New Testament. Then he's going to say, not of the letter. Now, I want you to write that, that, that word down, letter, Because that's the same word as law. See, we are giving you, the the way Paul taught the New Covenant, the way Jesus taught Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how did he do it? All he really did was compare spiritual things with spiritual things. That's all he did. So Paul took the thing that he knew, Old Testament, and God gave him the revelation of it, meaning the comparable spiritual thing to what what that meant, comparing spiritual thing with spiritual thing. That's what we're talking about. Now watch how this works. In verse number six, Abel ministers of the New Testament. So why would he say New Testament? Because the New Testament is better than the Old Testament. Now he's going to say the Old Testament, but he's going to say the letter. The not of the letter, so you want to write that word down. Not of the letter. Now, this word "letter" means the law. Now, why not the letter? Because he's gonna tell you in verse seven and verse nine what the letter does. He is telling you why he's not ministering to you the letter. So, you going to church on Sunday? You need to know if somebody ministering to you. Then they are supplying something to you. They are providing you something. Well, what is it? This just got through telling us what I'm giving you. Now, I know what I'm giving you, and I'm going to show it to you in his word. Verse 6, I'm giving you the Spirit. I'm providing to you the Spirit. All right? Then, in verse number 8, I'm providing provided you the Spirit. Then in verse number nine, I'm providing you God's righteousness. Now, what if I was ministering to you the law? Just the opposite. In verse number six, it says, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth. So, if I'm ministering to you the law or the letter, what am I doing? Just the opposite. I'm, I'm ministering to you. I'm the one giving you, providing to you what the law does. See, when I minister to you grace, then you, I'm providing to you what grace does. Listen to me now. I'm ministering to you what the word give you. See, I'm supplying to you. I'm supplying to you life. I'm supplying to you the spirit. I'm supplying to you God's righteousness. But if I was preaching to you the law, and that's what communion on the table is, it's the law. That's what foot washing is, it's the law. That's what water baptism is, the law. That's what animal sacrifice was, the law. Circumcision was, the law. All that was law. Well, what did it do to the people? Killed. That's what he, he's telling you here in verse 6. The letter killeth. All right? But the spirit giveth life. So, How do you know when you're in a ministry, is that ministry giving you life or it killing? It all depends on what he's ministering. First of all, is he or are they a minister of the New Testament? Abel, minister of the New Testament. First of all, God has given them the Holy Spirit. God has given your pastor and made your pastor a gift to the church and through the pastor, God provide the needs of the church. See, through the pastor, God provide the needs of the church. So that's why I'm talking about the supply of the Spirit comes through the pastor of the church. All right, now, Look at these because I'm dealing with the word the letter killer. Now let's go to Galatians chapter three, verse ten through fourteen. Let me give you some scriptures on them. I'm not just going to tell you Galatia chapter three and verse ten. Galatia chapter three verse ten told you what the law gives you, what the law does. See if I minister to you the law. And once again, if I mention to you to the law, that's works. Y'all know what the law is. The law is works. Romans eleven and six told you that the law is works. Grace and law. It's not law if it's grace. If it's not grace if it's law. See, grace is what Christ did and is. That's grace. That's why grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, John 1.17. All right, now let's go to work. Galatians chapter number 3 and verse 10. For as many as of the works of the law are under the curse. Just think about what I just said. See, the letter kill it. And that's what you got to understand. I told you last week, Jesus told you, if you eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord, 1 Corinthians 11, unworthily you're guilty of the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. What, he's telling you this there. He tells you that many different places in the world. He said this is why many sleep. Many sick and die in the churches because they are not discerning the Lord's body. They don't want Christ. People are not preaching to you Christ. People are preaching to you law. And the letter killeth. But if they preach to you Christ or preach to you grace, then the Spirit gives life to the people. Or provide the needs of the people. Watch this, Galatians chapter three, verse 10, for as, many as of the, for as many as are of the works of the law, trying to keep the law, you're under the curse. It is written, curses is everyone that continue not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law. In the sight of God. No man is made right by the law in the sight of God. No man can take communion and be right with God. No man can wash feet and be right with God. No man can water baptize and be right with God. No man can be circumcised and be right. You can't do anything, be right with God. God righteousness comes through the cross, his own son. So watch what it says. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God is evidence that just shall live by faith. The law, watch this, is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live by them. Now watch what Christ did. Verse 13. But Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. So once you receive Christ, you are now redeemed from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, Christ was on the cross, for it's written, "Curses everyone that hangeth on the, on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You can't receive anything from Christ through the law, only through faith. All right. Now, watch what Paul says right there in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 18. So let's back up to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 18. I want to read that while I'm here. Talk about the law. Paul says, if I build again, the Galatians chapter number 2 and verse 18. If I build again the thing which I destroyed. Now, what did he destroy? We're going to show you that. One of them was the law. So if he said, if I bill again, the thing was I destroyed. Remember, remember to write that word destroy it down, because I'm going to deal with that the last of the next service, the word abolished. And I'm going to show you all those things that God abolished. He abolished the law, the old covenant. He took it out the way, nailed it to his cross. So Paul said, if I build again the thing which I destroy, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, watch this, am dead to the law, that I might live under God. So I have to be dead to the law so I can live under God. Let me say it again. I'm dead to the law. You can't keep doing the things in the church that the law requires. That means you're not dead to the law. Let me, let me put it another way. If I'm married to my wife, then I got to be dead to a person that I knew before. See, so you, be, you, you can't be still seeing the other woman. You're not dead to her. See, to be dead to her means that person no longer have anything in your life. And that has to be that way spiritually. It has to be that way physically and mentally. You have to be alive to God and you worship God with your spirit. So that's how you're dead. You're dead to something. You don't think of that no more. So you don't think of that no more. You're dead to that. And that's what Paul talking about. Now in Galatians chapter number three, I'm, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter two, I'm sorry. And verse number 19 says, I through the law, I'm dead to the law. See, all that stuff that Paul used to do, Paul told us in Philippians, I counted all as dung. See, I'm dead to that, that I may live under God. Then he says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then in verse 21 is what I want to get to. Paul says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Now, what is he talking about? I do not refuse. I do not reject. I do not take for granted the grace of God. If righteousness come by the law, now remember, we know it did not because eating bread on the table was Israel's righteousness. Washing feet was Israel's righteousness, because that's their righteousness under the law. Also, water baptism was Israel's righteousness under the law. Circumcision, animal sacrifice, all that was their righteousness under the law. And here it is 2,000 years later, and people are still doing it to get right with God. What an awesome thing. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 21, Paul said, I do not frustrate, I do not reject, refuse, take for granted the righteousness of God. If righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. But righteousness could not come by the law. You are not justified by the law. You cannot be made right by the law. So why are you doing what you're doing? The word just told you cannot be right by the law, cannot be justified by the law, but people are still doing See, the key is it's the spirit, the supply of the spirit is better than the law. And people have not accepted the spirit in their life, they're still trying to do it by the law. All right, let's, let's look at another one. The letter Killeth, Romans 6 23. I'm quite sure you heard this one. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says. For the wages of sin. Now, why am I saying sin dealing with the word law? Because you could not have sin without the law, and you could not have death without sin. We're going to show you those three. So you want to write those down if you my audience out there. I need you to write them down because we're going to look at them today. All right, you want to look at the word law, sin, death. Because that's the order. If I go all the way back to the cross, what did God give Adam first? He gave him the law. How do I know that? Because he said, thou shalt not. Remember, the law does what? Demands or commands. Thou shall not. That's what the law did, Right? All right, now Adam did not keep the law, so what was next? Sin. That was the second thing. God gave Adam the law, Adam did not keep the law, so now we have to introduce the next thing, which was sin. After sin came, what was third? Death. So you had law, sin, and death. That's why when you read Romans chapter number Uh, the book of romans you go through those chapter seven you're going through uh how god delivered you from the law chapter six he delivered you from death from sin i'm sorry so you'll see those law sin and death as you go through romans all right now let's move on Uh, romans chapter 6 verse 23 for the ways of sin is death that, that's part of it. That's the Old Testament. See, that's how you have to read this. You have to look over here and say, okay, this is how, what happened before we got to the cross. The wages of sin is death. Man was in a bad situation. Through Adam, and through Adam's sin, the wages of those sin was death. But what happened? Christ went to the cross for us. See, that's the death. The wages of sin is death. So God laid on Christ the iniquity of us all. Now death is paid for, sin is paid for, the law is fulfilled. Now we come over into the new covenant, now it's spirit. So what happened is God put man in the new covenant, made him spirit, gave him spirit, and yet he's trying to do the things that Christ already died for over here, which is the law, sin, and death. Still trying to do those things. Still trying to eat the bread off the table. Still trying to wash the feet. Still trying to baptize. That's why Christ died for all those things. To fulfill all those things. See, when you see what you're doing, then that's that's why you see why I minister the way I do. Because I used to do those things until the Holy Ghost convicted me. All right, now let's look at Romans Uh, We're talking about the letter killeth. Uh, Let's look at another one. Uh, The Spirit give his life. That's also in 2 Corinthians 3, 6. The Spirit give his life. Now, we said the letter killeth. I want to give you one more. Look at Romans 7 and 6 while you're there. Romans chapter 7 and verse 6. Romans chapter 7 and verse 6. As a matter of fact, I'm going to bag up the verse 4. Let's do that. I need to do that. Romans chapter 7, verse 4. Let's bag up. It says, Wherefore, my brothers, you are become dead to the law. There it is. How do a man become dead to the law? By the body of Christ. So once, I, once, once God put me in Christ, I become dead to the law. I, come, I become dead to water baptism. I become dead to foot washing. I become dead to... Circumcision, I become dead to animal sacrifice. I become dead to passover on the table, eating communion. I'm dead to that. I become dead to that. So, w- that's Romans chapter number uh, seven. So we're going back to verse three. Since you picked that up, let's back to the verse three. See what what happens because that is what that is what you divorced. That's what you left behind, and you married Christ. Now you are married to Christ, and yet you want to go back and wash feet. You want to go back now, eat the bread off the table. You want to go back and water baptize you. See, so you want to go back and do the thing that, that you was divorced that when you married Christ. Watch what the Scripture says. It's going to explain it to you. Romans chapter 7, verse 3. Let's do three first. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. Now, what is he talking about? Here you are, you have become married to Christ. Now you want to go back over here and do these other things before the cross. Water baptism, foot washing, circumcision, Eating the bread off the table. So you want to go back up here and do these things? That's just like an unfaithful wife who married a new man, Christ. And now you're both to become dead to the old relationship. See, Paul is talking about dead to the law, dead to all those natural things. Watch what he says in verse three, Romans 73. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, if these things over here are dead, Adam is dead, water baptism is dead, circumcision is dead, foot wash is dead, bread on the table, all that stuff is dead to you now. Otherwise, it doesn't mean anything to you no more. Watch what it says. Even if to him that raised, watch this, wherefore, my brother, you are become dead to the law. Let me read verse 3 again. That's why I am. So then, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man. She shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law. So that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, here it is you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ that you should be married to another even to him who is raised from the dead that we should be we should bring forth fruit to God how can you bring forth fruit to God if you're still not dead to the law you got to be dead to the law. Look what it said in verse 5. Well, when we were in the flesh, the motion of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit to death. That's what happened before Christ. The motion of sin, work in our members to bring forth fruit to death. But then we get to the very next verse. Verse 6 says, But now... We are delivered from the law. Isn't that awesome? You're delivered from the law because you're dead to the law. But what do that mean? You're delivered from foot washing. You're delivered from water baptism. You're delivered from eating bread on the table every month. You're delivered from that because that's the Passover, and Christ is your Passover now. So you're delivered from all of these types and shadows. God delivered you from that. He delivered you from the law. Now that being dead wherein you were held, that we should serve now in the newness of the spirit. Why are people not serving in the newness of the spirit? Let me show you what that means. To serve God in the newness of the spirit. And not, watch well, what he says, and not in the oldness of the letter. People still want to serve, or they want to serve over here, Mrs. Crump, in the oldness of the letter. We still want to come and get our feet washed. We still want to get water baptized. We still want, that's you serving in the oldness of the letter. You are serving under the law. That's what Israel did. So let's show you. Let's show you. Let's show you when Jesus came. Let's see what he says. John chapter 4. Let's show you what Jesus says. John chapter 4. See, this is what happened when Jesus came to Israel. Oh, they just bragging on their service to the Lord. But would the Lord going to say to them? John chapter 4 and verse 20. What's this woman going to say? Our Father worshiped in this mountain. And you said that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Now remember, the word worship means serve the Lord. The word worship means serve the Lord. Here, watch what Jesus said to her. Jesus said to her, woman, Believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You're not going to have to go to a place on Sunday morning to worship the worship of the Father. See what happened is, we think we come into church to serve the Lord. It don't mean you can't, but you can serve the Lord right where you are at home. Let me show you how to do it. That's why I keep telling you, get up on Sunday morning, get your pencil and paper, your Bible, and serve the Lord. Because you don't serve God with eating bread on the table. And that's what people are saying. Well, you know, the only thing I hear about church, I don't get a chance to get communion. Now, how are we going? We can't... We, how are we gonna get water baptized? And see, and see, that's why I hate about church because we had a foot washing service. So, so you know, we 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 was in the choir. See, we thought we all we were doing, all we were doing, we were serving the Lord. God is showing us, isn't he? Here it is. John chapter 4, in verse 22, he said, Look, you worship, you know not what you, but we know what we worship, salvation of the Jews. Then he's going to tell him, But the hour cometh. And now he is 2,000 years ago. But he was looking at the cross when he go to the cross, because that was the hour. The hour cometh when I go to the cross. And now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father. Here it is in spirit and in truth. Wait a minute, Pastor. Are you telling me that we eat the bread off the table? That's not worship. It's Old Testament worship because that declares your righteousness. You don't think you're right with God until you eat communion or bread on the table or drink the wine. You don't think you're right until you wash your feet. You don't think you're right until you water baptize. You think that's righteousness. You say, now I'm right with God. People go as far as water baptism that you wash your sins away. People think you get rid of your sin when you go take communion and you'll forgiven. That's why people go on Saturday to go, go on Saturday and, and, and eat the... Go on Saturday and confess their sins. Get rid of their sin. Then they go back on Sunday morning stand in line and say, you know what, I'm righteous today because I can take communion. Because I, I was... Well, you were you here yesterday? You weren't here yesterday to confess your sins. You don't want to be in line today taking no communion. Because people think they take communion They go, confess their sin, they get right with God. Now they can take communion to make them really right with God now. Because everything I did last week is forgiven. See, they're not accepting God's righteousness. They're going about to establish their own righteousness. And Paul said they have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Look what it said in John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse 23 again. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, then it that the Father seeketh such to worship him. Verse 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him this is Jesus speaking in the red. Most people don't think Jesus is speaking if they're in red. You don't know the whole Bible is given to us by the Lord, right? But God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now let's look at this and let's see how Paul worshiped the Lord. Let's go to Romans 1.9. Let's see how Paul worshiped God. Now, remember the word worship means to serve the Lord. So we think when we come to church and we can sing in that choir, we're serving the Lord. Or we think when we come and take communion on First Sunday, we're serving the Lord. All these other things. Well, let's see what the Bible says. Romans chapter 1 and verse 9. For God, Paul said, is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit. Now, remember, we gave you that in Romans chapter 7 when we were there. Remember, that's where we left off. Romans, Romans 7, 6. Can you go back to Romans 7, 6? And then we go back to Romans 1, 9. Because that's how we got this. Romans chapter seven, verse six says, but now we are delivered from the law. Why did God deliver them from the law? That being dead wherein we were held, that we should now serve. So you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. To serve is to worship. So Paul says, we were, Romans 7, 6 again, there it is. But now we're delivered from the law. We're delivered from bread on the table. We're delivered from washing feet in church on Sunday, trying to get right with God. We're we're delivered from all of the things that the law required. We deliver from water baptism. We deliver from the feast days. We don't have to go to a certain city every year to have a holy convocation. See, we delivered from that. Trying to get right with God. Get a week off from work, go somewhere and stay for a whole week and think we have, we went hey, holy convocation. You haven't had no holy convocation. Holy convocation was given to one nation that was Israel. And that ended at the cross. You still trying to serve the law and want God to be happy with you. You want to worship the law and want God to be happy. Here it is again Romans 7 6 But now we're delivered from the law, being dead wherein we were held, that we should now serve in the newness of the Spirit. Not in the oldness of the letter. So Paul gave us Romans 1, 9 again. He said, for God my witness whom I serve with my spirit. I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. Wait a minute. I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. Wait a minute. I serve with my spirit, but it has to be in the gospel of Christ. So if you are not being taught the gospel of Christ, how are you serving the Lord? Because you serve with your spirit or your mind, your soul, by receiving the gospel of Christ. You worship God. By getting up in the morning, getting your pencil, your paper, your Bible, listen to your pastor who's preaching the gospel of Christ. That's how you worship. You're worshiping him with your spirit, and you're receiving his truth. That's how you worship. Romans 1 9 again, for God's my witness, whom I serve my spirit in the gospel of his son. That without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers, Paul says. That's how he serve. Isn't that something? That's how he served. Let's look at Romans seven twenty five. 25. We want to write this down. 2 Timothy 1 and 3. Romans seven 25. Let's go to Romans seven twenty five. Now, verse 24 says, O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall... Deliver me from the body of this death. And then they're going to say something in Romans 7 and verse number 25. That's where we are now. I thank God. Here it is. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. I serve God's Word with my mind. So when you get up in the morning and there are two services, well, you know, I already been to church. He's not talking about been to church. That's not service. It's when you put the word on and you get in the word and listen to it and you give your mind to this, your soul to this. That's worship. You're worshiping God with your spirit and with your soul. You're bringing your spirit to the table and causing your spirit to eat God's word is called worship. It's when the gospel truth, when the gospel of Christ, the truth is being preached, you bring your soul to the table and you sit him down and say, Eat. That's worship. That's why Jesus said, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He's not talking about the bread on the table. He's talking about his word. Eating his word. That's how you worship. 2 Timothy 1 and 3. Let's do one more. 2 Timothy. All this stuff here is good stuff, boy. 2 Timothy Chapter 1 and verse 3. See, people think they're worshiping. You worship when you get up, get into the Word, listen to the man of God who's preaching the gospel of Christ. See, you can't, you got to hear Romans 1, 9. He told you he worshiped with his spirit in the gospel of God's Son. Well, What if your church is not preaching to you the gospel of Christ? Then you're not worshiping, wasting your time, 2 Timothy 1 and 3. Watch what Paul says. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience. He said, I worship God with pure conscience. Pure conscience, yeah, your soul. Once your soul has been saved Your soul is pure. You can't worship God unless you're in the spirit. So that's why I say I worship God with pure conscience. If you're not saved, you still can't worship God. God the spirit, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You cannot worship God if you're not in Christ. If you don't have the spirit of Christ, you can't worship God. You're a religion, tradition of men. So Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 and 3, I thank my God whom I serve with my from I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience. To there's no condemnation in Christ. He's talking about a pure conscience. Your conscience, your soul. See, once your soul has been saved, now you can worship God. Without ceasing, he says, pure conscience without ceasing. I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that, my, that I may be filled with joy. What an awesome God we serve. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. My time is already gone. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. See, we're going to be looking at this the next service. There's so much word for you. 1 Corinthians 15 told you how to be saved. You're saved by grace. So that's why you can't be saved keeping the law and the commandments. You got to divorce that. You're married to Christ now. Christ is your Lord. You're confessing Christ is your Lord. He's Lord in Christ, but yet you're still doing the same thing that he came and fulfilled. That's ignorantly worshiped. 1 Corinthians 15, one, Paul says, "Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach to you. What did Paul preach to you? Unless you have believed in vain. Paul said, I deliver you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried and that he rose again according to the scripture. He was seen of Cephas, then of the 12. After that, he was seen of above 500 brothers at once. He was also seen of James and then all of the 12. And last of all, he was seen also of me who was born out of due time. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.